Welcome to the Good Side Podcast, a platform to meet the real change makers and learn about innovative models for sustainable development. The future of a country lies with its children and youth. There's nothing more sustainable than investing in the confidence and capacities of both children and youth. After all, they are the ones who will lead change and development in our communities, contributing to the global goals. Today we have with us Mr. Jayant Rastogi, Global CEO of Magic Bus, an organization that enables vulnerable children and youth to move out of the vicious cycle of poverty. The good side welcomes you Mr. Rastogi. Thank you Shruti. Wonderful to be on the Good Side podcast and it's a pleasure to be here. The way in which Magic Bus was founded is quite interesting. We wish if you could share that interesting story with our listeners, especially the young ones who might not know how it all happened in Mumbai. Uh Shruti, I think that's a really good start actually. So uh, we we have a really good story uh a founder Matthew Spacey uh he's a, he's a, he's a british citizen he came into india very early and uh he was the uh, coo of cox and kings at that time so uh, coming into india he had the bombay gymkhana membership uh in south bombay and uh he's a good rugby player and uh, he used to see that when he used to play fashion street is just next uh, around the corner and you can kind of see it there were other young people also you know playing uh football etc so he invited them and uh, to the gym khana started playing with them then he they got to know each other and he realized that these uh, young people were actually not into jobs so using his connects sector he got them into jobs and uh, within a period of uh, a few weeks you know he saw that some people had either left those jobs on their own or some had been kind of asked to go and they were back on the streets and that's when he realized that there was something which was missing you know uh from making people employable and uh he started the next thing he started was he actually started you know he used to hire a bus on the weekends and take these children and young people out for picnics and you know to a good place where he used to play with them make them feel good and slowly slowly you know these uh, young people started actually calling calling the bus the magic bus and that's how we got the name and uh, that's where that's how the idea was born and uh uh Matthew kind of scaled that up initially he kind of started off with Bombay and uh, then over a period of time we scaled it and we've taken it all over the country and now we are there in almost 23 different states uh in in, in the country and union territories and uh we have 400000 children uh whom we provide intervention every year that is quite interesting actually. uh please let us know about some of your flagship programs that could give us an idea about the way the organization engages with children and youth uh see magic bus has the tagline childhood to livelihood so we have two programs uh one is the adolescent program the other is the livelihood program and how we've kind of you know envisage these programs is that uh, we start working with children who are pre puberty who are 12 to 18 years of age who are in school and uh, we provide them with an intervention which is uh, essentially around life skills we also layer it with educational enhancements where required and we see that you these children complete school 
the other thing is that you know they could either you know exit and get into the exit path is that they get into higher education or they can get into livelihoods so uh, those so so that's that's broadly what 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 we try and do we have different variations of our programs within the adolescent and also on the livelihood spaces so we 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 work with you know uh, on the adolescent side we work very strongly with communities uh, we also try and create an enabling environment for children especially during covid when the schools were closed called the community learning centers so we've opened them over 250 odd such centers across the country where we provide them an environment like you know your your home or my home where you know children have internet they have tablets they have uh, they have access to you know uh, education so uh, and and then there's a, a teacher who's kind of supporting these these children over there so we we have a variation of different programs depending on the needs some meant for the rural areas some meant for the urban areas uh, we also have a very large livelihood program and this livelihood program actually enables young people or young to get into sustainable good high growth sector jobs like i said that you know we work with 400000 children across across the country uh, we provide them with uh, real life skills so that they can actually lead uh, the life challenges uh, get into good sustainable high growth sectors they can get their entry level jobs over there and uh, then then we we expect the whole fa uh, family comes out of poverty so this 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 is primarily uh, what what we are trying to do uh, i spoke about the livelihood programs on the livelihood we uh, there are two kinds of settings in the country so urban settings where there are jobs and then there are the rural settings where there are no jobs so we try and actually provide solutions for both both the landscapes and we work very closely with the communities because we feel that change can only be enabled if we can actually affect the whole ecosystem so we work with school management committees teachers local government officials parents etc so that's uh, that's broadly how you know we look at our different programs and uh, we try and stay relevant so you know during covid we came out with programs which were kind of take care of covid and uh, at other times we kind of look at how do we really go to the real need needy and marginalized communities and are able to carry our programs both with the adolescent and the young people thank you for sharing that with us coming to uh, covid-19 and as we all know how it has been well uh, a part of our life uh, since 2020 so amid covid 19 how you people are reaching out to the communities what challenges you people are facing in these trying times could you elaborate uh, on that a little bit so the, it's a really good question actually you know covid uh, was something that you know i don't think any of the sector the government or corporates anybody was ready for it and it took us uh, by surprise too uh, we were very lucky that you know we have a really great team and uh, they they actually inspired us to actually come out with a covid response uh, you know that magic bus is not traditionally a disaster recovery organization and uh, but when covid happens we thought that it was actually important to keep our community safe our people what they started doing was that they started actually you know collecting small donations uh, providing food to the local community trying to keep them safe and when we saw this happening that gave us the courage to kind of go out and put out a program full fledged program so we came out with basically a program which was actually providing food security which was the need of the hour at that point in time during the first wave and economic stability 
we also realized that during this whole whole time you know many of the families had actually lost uh, a substantial part of their income many of them were without income so we did a survey we found out what 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 was really happening on the ground we realized that almost 75% of our communities had actually lost their jobs and they were living at 25% of the peak covid salaries so we knew that you know we had to provide some kind of economic stability so that they could at least exist and then only could they look at actually putting the children back in school or at least keeping them connected to education so we did two things one is we tried to provide them livelihood uh, so that the family actually gets some income and then we tried to connect with the children during the school because if you look for the last two years the children have not been going to the school it has been very intermittent and uh, there's a huge amount of learning loss which is actually happening so we are trying to actually provide whatever inputs we can through our community learning centers and uh, through telephonic or physical sessions or through whatsapp so whatever medium we can use we are trying to get across to children so that they stay connected to education and when the school open they get back into the schools so a pretty i, I would say uh, a, a, a very good a holistic response is what we came out with and it was very much appreciated by you know most of our donors they also very generously supported us uh, to carry out these activities and uh, we could actually provide almost close to you know uh, we, we kept 100000 families safe uh, during uh, during this pandemic which still goes on and uh, we were able to provide over 2 uh, and a half crore meals during these times and, uh, and 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 many 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 children whom we tried you know connecting them to education so that when the schools open they are confident to get back into school in fact uh, last week uh, only i was actually visiting uh, uh, in bombay the cheeta camp where we have a good program and uh, we i met some of the parents and they were so happy that you know with what what was happening because they said the schools were closed and uh, somehow the children continued you know uh, getting uh, the education learning about you know numeracy literacy uh, etc and uh, which 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 has really helped the children now getting now since the schools are opening get back into school so uh, the teachers were also extremely extremely uh, happy with you know what, what the work that that our team had been doing over there um mr rastogi you come from a corporate background how your corporate stint is helping you in your current role that involves working in the development space shruti firstly uh, see on the corporate side what we learn is we understand operational excellence understand the system and processes and uh, this is this is something which uh, which is definitely required on the uh, in the in the development world um also the 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 budgets are extremely frugal uh, in the development sector and it's uh, so you need to look at frugal innovative solutions so i have in, in this whole process you know i have learned a lot of things and i've also had to unlearn some of the things that i've learned in the corporate world so things like you know database decision making there's very little data uh, which which is here and there's very little precedence also because you're solving extremely complex generational old problems so how do you kind of take decisions uh, when the when data is not there so uh, what what we've been doing actually at magic bus is you know trying to you know strengthen our systems processes and whatever we do we always have scale technology and impact at the back of our heads so we see anything which is repeatable can we actually use technology to scale it up and also deepen our impact and bring unit economic cost down and uh, i think some of the things that you know we've uh, we've 
I, I have I have learned from the sector. I think is about you know how to carry large teams, how to be really really patient because here change does not happen overnight. These are like I said that these were generational problems and it takes a lot of time for to to notice any change. In fact, uh, a very very good incident that comes to my mind. Uh, when I joined the sector, you know, my impact uh, head actually came and she said that, uh, Jayant, you know, we've made uh, some single digit percentage improvement and she was quite excited about it, you know. And I looked at the number and I said, is this really good? And uh, subsequently, I think over a period of time, I realized that, you know, when you're impacting millions of people, so even a 5%, 4% change is really, really good. So... So I think I think that's so that that's one of the learning. The other thing is that people are extremely passionate in the sector, and if you can align them, and uh, you know point them in the right direction, I think you can get really really good results. So uh, I think what also we brought in into the sector or into the organization uh, is risk taking, uh, use of technology, putting systems processes, and. Uh, and 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 also not being afraid to fail. So we've always tried to, you know, at least I I I always tell my people that you know you will fail only if you try. If you don't try, you won't fail. So we encourage people to fail, take calculated risks, and try new things. So I, I guess you know there's a lot that I have learned and I still have to learn from the sector. But it's been a really really remarkable and a fantastic journey. I've really enjoyed. Uh, working and I'm still learning, you know, I'm still a student. As you just mentioned, um, let's talk about technology a bit. So we know that as an entrepreneur, you even co-founded two technology-led ventures. Um, technology is an integral part of the existence of any organization and technology can help NGOs scale their efforts and widen the ambit of its reach and impact. We would be interested in knowing about some technological innovations that are part of your organization's functioning. So the, I, I did mention to you that, you know, uh, we don't have deep pockets in this sector. So uh, there's a lot of scope for frugal innovation and uh, keeping things simple. Um, I've, so what, what we've, we've tried to do over here is that, you know, uh, a case in point, let me just kind of just really, really kind of drive home the point, you know. so. With Magic Bus, you know, five, six years back, uh, we used to collect that our data manually. Now, this data, by the time it used to travel to head office, it used to be 90 days, so over three months. And if you had to do it, take any correctives on your programming, there was very little scope because, you know, already three months had elapsed. And by the time you get back, it's four months and maybe half a year gone. Uh, so what we did was we actually brought in technology where the action was. So we are... Uh, uh, we got our people uh, mobile phones, uh, smartphones, and uh, we asked them to capture the event as in when it happens. And now the data is real time, so we can really see what's happening, what's going wrong, and take proactive decision making and database decision making. So that's something that we did. Again, there were these issues about that, you know, in certain places, you know, people were not present or they were actually not well, and then the sessions were not happening. And, and there was this huge emphasis on self-reporting. So we said that we have to take out the self-reporting and we have to have, you know, a technology-led transparent reporting. So that's the second thing that we did. But uh, we realized that, again, if we had to do that, you know, when we take attendance of the kids, we need, you know, uh, facial uh, recognition, etc. that kind of technology, which was very expensive and would have taken us a long time. 
uh, one of my friends who was you know uh, who, who's who's really a, uh, a fantastic technology guy you know uh, he visited one of our programs and he says why don't you actually get a gps date and time stamp to actually before the session and after the session and you'll know you know who the kids who are there so very simple exercise this was you know this is almost readily available on any of these you know platforms and uh, we could we could kind of you know action that out very quickly so we do a lot of frugal innovation very simple stuff doesn't sound very complicated but it really really has a very deep impact it also brings in tremendous amount of transparency and credibility which is required in the sector uh, also talking about some of the innovations that we brought in so we work very closely with UNDP to roll out the job exchange now this job exchange is uh, uh, is, is is something which brings actually the employer the employee and skilling partners onto a single platform we tried this in rural aurangabad and we did this program only for young women uh, who had to get into jobs now we all know that the women participation in organized sector jobs has been dropping in india so we thought this would be a really great experiment to try out and we were ourselves surprised that in 9 months we could place over 2000 young women into jobs in rural aurangabad and that gave us the confidence also when actually covid uh, covid happened we could roll out this job exchange across you know all the different programs because livelihood was the main concern people were losing livelihood they couldn't get into jobs uh, they were they, they were not able to earn incomes and uh, we 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 very quickly rolled this out and got and lakhs of people back into jobs so that was that was one of the one of our technology innovations another uh, thing that uh, i can kind of you know talk about and which i'm uh, uh, i and my team is really really proud of we've been supported very well by michael susendel foundation so they've actually funded us for the third cycle now for a product called futurex now this is about future of skilling so it's a blended platform which actually talks about physical uh, coaching and also online coaching it picks up ai uh, machine learning and uh, all all these technologies to start keep improving itself continuously and uh, right now we've kind of you know we started piloting it out of eight of our centers and if this works i think you know this can really transform the way uh, we look at skilling and making people employable uh, so so many many such innovations but i think you know uh, the, the list is quite big but uh, this is this is these are some of the few things that we thought that you know would 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 kind of greatly greatly affect uh, Uh, another thing which actually comes to my mind is uh, right now with the new CSR laws, we are trying to uh, fund utilization has become a really really big thing. So for our funders, we are actually providing online access to uh, the fund ut utilization reports. So again, strong governance credibility. I think I said that is very very important for the sector, and that's 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 what we are trying to do. Thank you once again for sharing that information with our listeners and with us. now before we end this session i would like to ask you how have you planned to take ahead magic pass uh, i should definitely add that we have a wonderful team we have really very passionate and great people and an organization is as good as its people so uh, they 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 actually lead the path they actually show us the way and we are just kind of there to kind of you know see that they move in the right direction uh we've over the years we've you know strengthened you know all our different functional aspects and also uh, brought in technology for transparency and uh, very strong governance but as we move ahead we've sharpened our vision 
to take uh, Magic Bus to the next level. Uh, we would like Magic Bus to be a leading organization which is doing pioneering work and uh, has good and strong thought leadership in the domains that it works. Uh, we've, uh, we've, we're readying ourselves actually to start working with government. So we've already started collaborating with governments in different states. So Mizoram and Maharashtra, the first one, Rajasthan to a small extent. Uh, we strongly feel that, you know, NGOs like us bring in the scale and the government brings in the scale. So the skill and scale together is a really, really great combination. Uh, our aspiration is to work in the aspirational districts and the needy areas where there is the real need. Uh, we are building a good, strong, diversified funding portfolio to be able to fund uh, these kind of projects. We, uh, we also want to be a holistic player who's addressing the complete needs of India. India, if you look at it, you know, there are these, you know, major metros, then there are the B and C class towns. Uh, at least in most of the large urban towns, jobs are there. But 70% of our population, we can't forget, stays in rural India. And any solution that we come out with has to be holistic. It should take care of both the urban and the rural settings. So we're trying to come out with solutions which actually cater to both these uh, landscapes. So our uh, And also our use of technology innovation. We hope that you know we can bring keep bringing the unique economic unit economic cost down and uh, able to deepen our impact and uh, be able to affect generations and generations and millions of people in days to come and uh, make a small dent in, in in the in the country in terms of you know what uh, what is really required and what is really needed. We hope a little contribution will make a dent and make the world a better place. Thank you so much, Mr. Rastogi, for taking out time for this session and being a part of the Good Side podcast. Thank you so much, Shruti, for inviting me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And we look forward to many more such engagements in the future. If you are part of any development journey and wish to engage with us, please email us at contact at thegoodsite.com or WhatsApp on 963-101-4408